Hey guys, welcome back to Mommyhood Redeemed. I'm here with my good friend Vanessa. Hey, Warren, are you so excited? It's finally summer. Oh, it is. I am. My kids are finally out of school, and I think we are going to make summer mostly about going to all the new splash pads we have here and the pool and. We've got movie nights and farmers markets, and um, but no big exciting vacation plans this year. How about you? Nope, nothing big in the plans. Just <laughs> fun splash pads and pools and the beach and the lake and yeah. just hanging out here. But it's so fun with little kids just um, exploring and just laying low. It's relaxing. Yeah, it totally is. I, I miss the beach here in Colorado. I, I do envy you for that, but that's okay. <laughs> Maybe we can on visit next year and go to the beach with you because I miss that a lot. Um, so while Vanessa and I were talking about diving into our next topic, um, we both thought it would be fun to talk about something a little since we've kind of done more large focus episodes and um, something more specific in regards to mommyhood was pregnancy, mm-hmm. which is motherhood starts and our most favorite topic, right, Vanessa? Oh, yes. My favorite thing. <laughs> so to give you all a little context about myself, I uh, have been pregnant and or nursing a baby since April of 2012. So do the math that's a little over six years I often um, joke with my husband that I feel like our entire marriage I have been pregnant because we'll be celebrating seven years uh, in July and we got pregnant I think nine months into our marriage so I just I feel like I've been pregnant the majority of our marriage Mm -hmm. so having four kids in about four and a half years makes it it just feel like it's never ending. That's all that I ever do, or that's all that my body's for. Um, we definitely didn't plan to have our kids that close or my pregnancies to be so back to back. My first two are 17 months apart. And then the next two are 19 and my last two are 21 months apart. Um, but looking back now that I'm out of the newborn stage and the pregnancy <laughs> stage, I really am thankful. I can definitely say that it's a blessing having them this close in age and uh, that the Lord's timing really is, as Lauren, I'm sure would attest to the best, even though it's different than ours. I definitely Mm -hmm. wouldn't change uh, anything. Um, And then my pregnancies, just by the grace of God, um, have really just been a gift. We haven't ever struggled with any kind of infertility. Uh, I didn't have um, by the grace of God, um, any huge complications in my pregnancies. Um, I was diagnosed Mm with a blood clotting disorder in my first pregnancy, which gave us a little bit of a scare, but, um, thankfully there weren't any complications and then didn't have any issues with my second really. Um, the third pregnancy, I, when we went in for our first ultrasound, I had two stacks, which uh, one of them didn't have a baby in it, and they just call it a vanishing twin. We obviously, as Christians, believe that life begins at conception, so we do believe that there was life at some point, Um, but the doctors don't consider that a miscarriage or anything. And then 
our probably most challenging pregnancy was with our most recent daughter. I had um, just a little bit of a scare at my 20-week ultrasound when they found an echogenic focus on her heart, which is a spot, and some dilated kidneys. And so we were sent to a high risk and asked to do like further genetic counseling, which we didn't do any of that. Um, And by the grace of God, she's a healthy, precious, almost little seven-month-old. So we're very Mm -hmm. thankful. And, you know, the Bible doesn't really speak a ton specifically to pregnancy. I mean, we see women pregnant in the Bible, uh, Mary obviously carrying Jesus. But it doesn't talk about the ins and outs or the personal experiences really of anybody's pregnancy. But we do see, I think, starting in the beginning in Genesis one, uh, the creation mandate, when God goes to Adam and Eve and he commands them and he says, be fruitful and multiply, which obviously means go and procreate, have children. So mm-hmm. I think we can re- realize at that point, okay, having kids being pregnant is a good thing. It was pre-fall. It was pre-curse. It was pre-sin. It was God's design. It was part of God's good and perfect plan. It wasn't you know, instituted afterward. And so I think that has huge implications for us as Christians and as mothers, mm-hmm. um, as Christian women. And it's easy, I think, in today's culture and today's society just to get kind of distracted from God's plan and start looking more towards what the world has, living this American dream and this just idea where, you know, I need to experience life without kids and I need to do these things for myself first. And there's so much materialism and so much comfort loving and so much selfishness. I'm not saying that, you know, going and traveling or spending time with your husband before kids or anything like that is necessarily sinful or wrong, but I think we do have to assess our hearts and just see, okay, is my motivation for not wanting to have children Mm -hmm. when I get married right away or not wanting to have them maybe even at all. Is it selfish? Is it God honoring? Um, Children, I think are seen by so many, even people within the church as a burden. Uh, And if they're not seen as a burden, it's like, okay, well, that's just part of what you have to do. So I have to have my, you know, one and a half kids and I can check the box off and then I'll just ship them off and someone else can raise them. But at least I had my kids, which is, so so counterintuitive to Mm -hmm. what scripture talks about I think women are inundated with this feminist movement idea of okay me first I gotta you know be a man basically and do what the men do Mm -hmm. and men don't have kids so why would I have kids Uh, Mm -hmm. but this I think what's so sad is this whole idea is just really infiltrating the church now which I have seen and I know Lauren has seen Mm -hmm. and it's sad because kids are not seen as anything in scripture other than a blessing. I love the picture mm-hmm. of Jesus when he says, you know, that they don't want to let the kids come to him when he's teaching. And he says, hold on a second, let the little children come to me. The kingdom of God belongs to those with faith, such as these like little kids. He mm-hmm. loved kids. He had such a special place in his heart for children. And I think that we should too. And I do believe that God gives women that, love and that desire to be mothers and to mother. And so when it isn't coming natural to you or you aren't feeling it, it's probably because there's sin or things in your life that are becoming idols and taking the place of God's good design. 
And we have Mm -hmm. to remember that there is a priority in scripture of the family. That was the first institution that God made. And it was part of his good plan pre-fall to have a family. So, you know, this whole don't have kids or wait forever to have kids or let's abort all the kids that we don't want is Mm -hmm. just heartbreaking and it's wrong and it's sinful and it really is new in a lot of ways I think that the past probably five six generations uh, have just become so numb to abortion and just the sexual perversion that is just destroying God's good design and his perfect plan and I was when I was thinking about this I was remembering the story of Job and when God, after God had taken everything from him, he comes back and blesses him abundantly after Job had just responded so rightly in the face of suffering. And how did he do it? By giving him 10 more children. I was like, wow, (laughs) if God gave me 10 children, would I view that as a blessing? I don't know. Um, But children were the greatest blessing that, that God was giving Job back. And what a joy, like for him to have that. And do we do we view kids really as a blessing? Um, so anyways, mm-hmm. back to pregnancy, but what, you know, what look like for the Christian? Are we supposed to have two kids? Are we supposed to have 10? Try and get pregnant right when we get married. Should we wait a few years? What about infertility? Mm-hmm. What about miscarriage? What about, about adoption? You know, there's so many topics that I think we definitely could spend an entire episode on and we'll definitely touch on some of these other things in episodes down the road. Cause we can't get to everything today. Um, but Lauren, I know your journey to becoming a mommy looked a little bit different than mine. Do you want to share a little bit? Um, I would love to, but first I just want to say thanks for sharing that. Um, just the, the truth that children are a blessing. Like they're they're They don't get in the way we are their blessings. So I, um, anyways, so yeah, my, my path to becoming a mommy was, um, was filled with lots of roller coaster ups and downs. And my husband and I got married pretty young. I was 20 and he was 23. And so we prayerfully decided to wait a couple years, um, to kind of get to know each other better and grow up a little bit. And, um, after a couple of years, we started trying and we were excited about the thought of me being pregnant and having a sweet baby that was ours that the Lord blessed us with. And um, after a full year of trying, I was not pregnant. And, you know, you think to other couples, you always, I always compare myself, which is something I struggle with, but oh, they got pregnant after just a couple months and, and it had been a year. And so, I was pretty upset and having a hard time with it. And we prayed through, like, what do we do? Do we go to the doctor to make sure everything's okay? And um, as my husband and I kind of struggled through what to do, um, I was reminded of what God's word says clearly in Isaiah that his thoughts are higher than ours. His ways are different than ours. And he will always, without fail, accomplish what he has promised. But you guys, he does this in his own timing. And um, in Genesis eighteen fourteen, it says, is anything too hard for the Lord? 
at the appointed time, I'll return to you about this time next year and Sarah will have a son. Mm. And <laughs> it was really hard. So this is a story that obviously um, the Lord had given to some friends that encouraged us with read the story of Abraham and Sarah again, be reminded how the Lord closes a womb and opens it in his own timing. And so it was hard for Abraham and Sarah to truly believe they would have a child. Um, you guys, Sarah even laughed about the promise, which, you know, shows a great amount of doubt in her heart about having a baby at such an old age. And honestly, I really appreciate Sarah's raw honesty and struggle when she laughs um, because sometimes it is so hard to trust the Lord when the circumstances seem so impossible, which is how my husband and I had felt. Um, and God had been telling Abraham this for years, but nothing ever happened. He didn't have a child yet. He was old. And so was Sarah. Um, and Abraham had to wait a very long time, but in the Lord's immaculate time came through and Isaac was born. And of course he came through, he's God and he's good. And he keeps his promises every single time. Mm -hmm. But before conceiving Isaac, they got to a point where they just couldn't believe it would actually happen. And so did my husband and I, and, um, it was hard. And we decided, um, through prayer that we would go to the doctor and talk to them and just see what they thought. And they, they just told us to keep on trying and it was just timing. And, um, my cycle was all messed up and, you know, almost a year later, we were really having a hard time with um, not being pregnant. And, you know, it had, we had been married for four years and we were ready. We had been ready for a couple of years. And at one point I took a pregnancy test because I wasn't feeling well. And we were humbled beyond belief that I was actually pregnant. And I, the Lord is so good. We were so excited. We told our family and some of our really close friends and um, we got to go to our eight week ultrasound. And, um, you know, I know that life starts when you conceive, but seeing that baby's heartbeat for the first time, as you mamas know, it was so overwhelmingly incredible. I can't even, I don't need to explain it because you understand, but to see our sweet, sweet blessings, little heartbeat life inside of me growing was amazing. It was truly the Lord. And, um, so we were so excited and, um, and then just two weeks later, um, I started my first, my, um, my nausea had gone away and I started to have some bleeding. And so we went to the ER and found out that our baby that we had seen living inside of me had died. And, um, it's still very hard for us even seven years later. Um, but it was months and months of being in a very dark place. Um, well, I guess not two months, but it was, it was, it felt like forever as I'm sure you understand. Um, and one verse that the Lord gave us while we were grieving for our sweet baby that was now with the Lord, um, uh, was Ecclesiastes 11, five. And it says, as you do not 
or the path of the wind or how the body is formed in a mother's womb. So you cannot understand the work of God, the maker of all things. And you guys, we had to trust in these promises because he was our only hope at this, in this deep, deep darkness we were wading through. He was the only one holding us. Um, it was so hard. And um, he, you know, we decided, okay, we're going to wait a little while, make sure my body is healthy and I'm ready to be pregnant. Well, nope. <laughs> God had different plans. So just um, about seven weeks after the uh, miscarriage, I found out I was pregnant for reals, really pregnant again. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, we were so excited. Um, as you can understand, we were very cautious. I was nervous that I would miscarry again. And, um, but we got to see the baby's heartbeat and we, you know, saw a high risk doctor because of some other issues I had, um, as far as autoimmune diseases. And we got to see the baby every couple weeks in an ultrasound and the baby did amazing at 20 weeks. We found out we were going to have a baby boy and we were overjoyed, um, as, we all are no matter what gender, but, um, and then at 23 weeks, I started having preterm labor and it was, it was crazy. We went into the ER and I was put on bed rest. Um, those fears of a pregnancy came flooding back. The fear, the anxiety was just rampant in my heart. And, um, you guys, the Lord is so good. Every time we call to him, he listens and he answers us. And he was so good to remind me that this sweet little baby was in his timing and his perfect sovereignty. And, um, so the rest of the pregnancy, I was on bed rest in and out of the hospital. Um, and then I ended up having Liam, uh, five weeks early. He was five pounds and, screaming and doing really well in the NICU for a week, but then came home and healthy and is doing great. Um, and then we found out I was pregnant a a year and a half later or so, um, with my second. And that was not a hard pregnancy at first, very beginning. It was great. Um, but at just 13 weeks, (laughs) again, I went into preterm labor. And when you go into the hospital, at 13 weeks with contractions that are three or four minutes apart, they basically told me there's nothing they can do. It would be a marriage. And again, the same fears of my first pregnancy came flooding back. And um, we were sure we were going to lose our sweet second baby. And, you know, actually they told us at that ER visit that we were going to have a boy um, and we were, so scared and so excited and just all the emotions, but the Lord was so good. And I was able to keep him in for, um, another four months or so, five months or so, four months and had him six weeks early and he did great. He was only in the NICU for a couple of weeks and he is here and you guys, being on bed rest and dealing with all these things was felt lonely at times, but the Lord is with us when we are lonely and we are, and when we are covered in loving, caring people, so many people helped us and so many people were there with us. So 
So, yeah, and just this is just a fun fact. Uh, Lauren's second was due on the day that my second was actually born. So we got to have, we got to go through that pregnancy together, which was fun. That was great. (laughs) What does God have to say about pregnancy specifically? We kind of touched on it a little bit in the beginning, but we know that God says, okay, procreate, be fruitful and multiply. That's a good thing. That's pre-fall. But we see quickly after in Genesis 3 that the curse of the fall and sin is that you're going to have pain and childbearing and pain you shall bring forth children. And that is reality. That's true. And I'm sure that if we lived 200, 300 years ago, we would see and understand this probably in a better way just because we didn't, they didn't have modern medicine. There was a lot of women who died in mm-hmm. either pregnancy or in delivery because they didn't have the way, you know, the things that we have nowadays to either help, you know, preterm labor like Lauren had or babies who are born really early or preeclampsia or whatever it might be. Um, and then obviously there was no epidural or <laughs> any kind of pain medicine to oh. help get you through that if that's, you know, the route that you go. But it goes further than that in the pain. Um, I think it starts from the moment that you conceive. There is pain in whether you have, you know, some of you may have, like me, <laughs> constant nausea 24-7 for, you know, a more than five, six months of your pregnancy. People have um, tons of complications. Um, there's miscarriage. There's infertility. There's so many just hardships and suffering that is experienced in pregnancy. And I think it is all tied back to just the curse and the fall and sin, not necessarily your own personal sin, something that you did personally, but just the fact that we're encased in sinful bodies and in a fallen world. And so the repercussions are seen specifically in childbearing. And it doesn't end when you birth the child either. Yes, there's excruciating pain and giving birth and there's pain in recovery and you know but there's pain in raising children too I came across something in a sermon that I was listening to by uh, John MacArthur and I just wanted to read a part of it because it really stuck out to me he just said there are great difficulties and dangers and associated with being a woman To say nothing of carrying around a child for nine months in your womb and then having to release that child into the world with all of its hostilities, all of its threats, all of its dangers, whether they be physical or moral, and the child now finding its independence. And because the child is by nature a sinner and wicked, the child is going to find everything destructive to entertain itself. And therefore, a mother has a heart that never rests. She worries about not only what may harm the child physically, but more importantly, what may destroy that child's soul. There are not only accidents and plagues and injuries that can worry the mother, but rebellion that will break her heart. Mm-hmm. There is that child that moves away into a kind of life that grieves the mother. And the more children she has, the worse it is. And throughout most of human history, she has had as many children as she conceived and were actually born. Back then, there were no contraceptions as in modern time. 
And so back then, many women were sentenced to submit to their husbands and had many, many children. Mm -hmm. And they spent their whole lives caring, bearing, nursing, and nurturing, and then carrying the load of love that watched those children fall into danger after danger, and often many of them break their own hearts. And it was just so powerful because that is part of the curse as well. You know, your child, the pain in childbearing isn't just the pregnancy and it isn't just having the child at delivery, but it's the rearing of them. And just, it's, it's a huge weight. It's a huge Mm -hmm. responsibility. But at the end of the day, I think we have to remember that being pregnant, if God so calls you to that and, desires to bless you in that way and enable you to carry a child it is a gift and that is how we have to see it despite the curse despite the fall it is a gift it's so true Vanessa I really really love that John MacArthur quote um and we really need to align our hearts with a biblical perspective about having kids and not let these ideas of today's culture and society get in the way our bodies and our lives are not about us. Um, that means that, yes, we are called to sacrifice our bodies for the sake of these little ones we carry. And that's kind of another topic in and of itself that we really do hope to get to one day as well. Um, and what about during pregnancy? How should we act? Well, this is something that both Vanessa and I can speak to. Um, so I'll just say that being on bed rest for months at a time while having a young toddler was completely sanctifying and a major struggle. Um, it really helped me to lean completely on the Lord for what I needed and helped me to go beyond myself and ask the ones I love, my family and my friends for help, which is just really not something I do very often, um, which is a pride issue, I think. Um, and having others, you know, drop off meals for my family clean my house, play with my toddler for months on end. Um, It really helped me open my eyes to see what God uses the church for. I really realized during the time that the church really is the Lord's hands and feet. And it's so humbling to have to ask for help. Um, But, you know, I needed it desperately at that point. I couldn't do anything. Um, So kind of more in a practical sense, um, taking care of a toddler while I was pregnant and on bed rest was a major challenge. And, um, on days when I didn't have as much help people coming over and playing with him, my husband would set up food for him in containers. So all I would have to do is set him up in his high chair, which was <laughs> right next to my bed and open the containers for snacks or breakfast or lunch. Um, and also kind of while, you know, he watched more TV than I wanted during this time, Um, it really ended up being so sweet to get to cuddle with him and bond with him in that way, learning and seeing with him, um, watching TV, um, because there's really not much more I could do, excuse me, do with him. Um, and so, you know, also as a wife, I wanted to take care of my husband and he was so awesome to take on all of the house responsibilities while I was on bed rest. Though our church family and friends, um, They would come over and mow our lawn and do those tasks that were so needed, but just we couldn't find time to get them done. And, but I still wanted to find time to take care of him. And to do that, I was able to encourage him when he was weary from working all these long hours and doing everything around the house. 
by making sure to sit with him in prayer, um, sending him encouraging text messages throughout the day, um, showing him my appreciation, just little ways like that, that he knew he was loved and appreciated. And, um, and here's something that I really thought might encourage you guys. Um, sometimes I felt like I was a burden to him. And though I know that was not true, it was just the enemy. Um, and he reminded me often that it was not a burden. The Lord used this time to mold and shape his heart into more of a heart for him, for the Lord. Um, and together he used this time of craziness, but quietness since I was in on bed rest to build up our marriage and our parenting. Um, and so I know you experienced a lot of morning sickness, Vanessa. So what's your perspective on that? Well, I can attest to doing a lot of the same things that you did. Um, my experience was obviously a little bit different, but yeah, I have morning sickness that is pretty much nonstop unless I'm sleeping um, from like week five until week 20, 22, 23, 24. Mm-hmm. And then with every pregnancy, it's just gotten worse and worse. And then it comes back at the end. So by the time I was pregnant with my fourth, I had literally could not spit, like swallow my spit. So I had to carry around a towel and a cup to spit out him. So just even thinking about it, it makes me gross. (laughs) But (laughs) having little kids, I always had a baby and then either one kid or two kids. And then the last time I had a baby and two other kids. Um, So it was exhausting. And just like Lauren said, it totally makes you rely and depend on the Lord because I literally that there were times where I was like, I cannot do this. Like I cannot function. I cannot take care of my children. I cannot take care of my house, my husband. I cannot take care of myself. Like I just want to go lay in my bed and curl up and go to sleep and not wake up for nine months because then they will all be over. Um, but a verse that the Lord really brought to my heart was, um, second Corinthians 12, eight and nine, when, um, it says three times I pleaded with the Lord about this, that he would take it from me. But he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you. My power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore I will boast all the more gladly in my weaknesses so that the power of Christ may rest upon me. And so, yes, I pleaded with God, please just like this pregnancy, please let it be different. Just please don't let me feel this way. And I even pridefully thought, you know, I deserve not to feel sick because I already felt sick for the first pregnancy or the second. And excuse me, like I'm having all these children. Mm -hmm. They're so close in age. Like I deserve not to feel this way because I have friends who don't get sick at all. And it, it's frustrating, you know, because you don't have any control over that. Um, but just, it was totally the Lord sanctifying me and bringing to me, me to my knees every single day mm-hmm. saying, Vanessa, depend on me. You need me. Like you are being forced to need me. And so I did the same thing. We had lots of playing with mommy laying on the couch or on the floor. Yeah. We had probably more screen time than I would like. Um, we had, I had p- my parents, thankfully um, a lot of help from my parents. We had help from friends. We had help from other family. Um, just, yes, just an emptying of self. And like Lauren said, it was very good for our marriage as well, because my husband did step up to the plate and he did do a lot around the house. And with the kids, when he would get home from work, it was mommy's done. She's going to bed and it was daddy duty basically. Mm -hmm. And so he really um, stepped up and really grew, I think in his servant's heart and his dependence on the Lord 
And it was just sanctifying for us both. It was good for our marriage. It was good for our kids as well, I think, to see us depend on the Lord. And to also really, they got to serve and they got to love in a different way too, which was really neat. So I think just realizing for me as well that it was a constant, okay, my body is not my own. My life is not my own. As a Christian, I'm called to lay it down as Christ did and to sacrifice it every single day. And this was a practical way for me. Being pregnant was a constant every single day. I am sacrificing my body. I am sacrificing my life because of my love for another person. Mm-hmm. And oh my gosh, that's a powerful so, thing. It is. And like anything else in motherhood, pregnancy is an opportunity for us to bring God glory. Um, so next time we'll dive into how to combat loneliness in motherhood. So thanks so much for listening today. Sorry, we went a little longer than we normally would and we would like to, but we hope that this was so encouraging to you guys. And we look forward to continuing on this journey with you as we all seek to redeem mommyhood every day for God's glory through the power of the gospel.